Hey everyone, welcome back to Generally Speaking. I'm Bryce McElhaney. Today I am joined with Alexandra Petrie. How's yes, it going? It's good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, just to give you a, a, a quick uh, people have an idea of what you're all about. I, I've seen your photography on your Instagram. It's uh, Alex underscore is underscore petrified. Yes. That works well with your name. Mm-hmm. Um, you've taken incredible photos, and it seems from, from your travels, you're spending a lot of time in China as well as other places. So yes. tell me a little bit about, um, you know, where you're at right now. You're back in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your journey. What's been going on? Um, so January first, we get two months off from teaching in China mm-hmm. at the school I'm at. Um, and so January 1st, I came back to Dallas, Texas, because I'm staying with my parents while I'm here. Okay. And then uh, about five days uh, there. Then jetted off to Peru for three weeks. I had two days in Bolivia. Mm. And then back to Texas and then chilled there for a week weekend here next weekend is Yosemite mm-hmm. then London and then back to China so how are you how are you planning this out like are you looking at you know at the beginning of a year like you know 2019 now you're looking at your schedule and you have this kind of mapped out um, how are you, what's your process what like what makes you want to go to these places and, and choose like when and where um, for the planning, some of it's pretty far in advance. Some of it's not because we get two breaks in a year. We get a uh, winter break and a summer break. Right. So I, I kind of, I usually know, um, I'm going back to the U S usually every time, usually going to the UK every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then based on how much time I spend there, then I'll kind of frame somewhere else within that. Mm-hmm. And I usually do that just between like six months. So yeah. right now that I finished the Peru trip, I'm going to start planning. Um, I've actually just booked my trip for the summer. Jeez. Um, That's yeah. a lot. It is. Yeah. So what, what's, what's going on with like, it's, it's, it, I imagine it's coming from you just wanting to travel, right? This is like not yeah. a necessity, but it's kind of like a, what would you say? Like a lifestyle that you're. Definitely. Yeah. I think one of the reasons I really like my current job is because we do have you know, kind of crazy two month blocks of vacation. Yeah. And it just lets me get that travel bug out. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's great. Yeah. I wish I had more time to travel and it's always a matter of like time and resources, but it seems more so the way that a lot of jobs are structured. It's more so time than anything. It's it's like, if you can just find the time and and so many full-time jobs in the U S you know, you're, usually just looking at a two week window at most per year yeah, to get away, which is scary. It is because <laughs> that's my dad's issue. And so he came out and visited, visited me for a week and then we, we wanted to do something else, but it's like, well, he's only got one other week yeah. and it just doesn't, it just didn't seem enough to me. Yeah. Yeah. So when did, what, when did you realize that you wanted to be able to afford a life where you could you know, have the time and resources to, to travel. When did this start for you? I think I've always enjoyed traveling, but it's been more, you know, just a trip occasionally here, study abroad at university, that that sort of thing. Then I moved to China and, and started working there and had this job with these breaks. And to me, that was just like, okay, that's that that's a thing here. But yeah. then I was like, well, I want to fill this with something. So the first trip I did, just Vietnam and Cambodia, because um, I'd only been to travel uh, in China and mm-hmm. America and one or two other places. Um, and then I went to Vietnam and Cambodia, and it was just like, I didn't realize just how different the cultures would be, because I thought maybe there'd be some similarities to Chinese culture, since they are in close proximity. Yeah. And then I thought even Vietnamese and Cambodian culture might be somewhat similar since they're right next door to each other. Yeah. And it just blew me away how different it was. And Mm. it was like every place I was going was completely different. And it was such an education. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, I want to keep doing this and just go to everywhere if I can. Because just having that kind of new world of the world open to me was just... Yeah crazy. I can definitely see that. I've, I've spoken with someone else on the podcast before about like how much of our lives, um, at least here, it, it's like it, where, where the place where you work and the place where you live, it's usually like within like a 25 mile, you know, vicinity. And that's gonna, that's, that's the, where you're primarily going like every yeah. day you're just spending 
if you if you really think about that your life is only in this 25 mile radius that that's kind of like that's a bubble you know Mm -hmm. you're just seeing this one part of life every day yeah if you ever manage to get out of it and go look at something else you know it's always like a refreshing experience the little bit of traveling that I was able to do which I mostly did that in 2015 and I just I've traveled mostly I've tried to go to more places here in the U.S. since then but that was like my international travel that I was getting out of the way and it it was um yeah I came back like really I don't know rejuvenated it's not really the word but just like it it shakes up your perspective a lot definitely and I think that's like really good it's 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 mm-hmm. good to like you know if you get sucked into one part of the world for so long you you kind of forget that there's other parts that exist exactly and and that's so when I first started traveling it was pretty exclusively within East Asia mm-hmm. because it was it's it's cheap to just bounce from China somewhere below it. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Or even I went to Japan. wasn't very expensive. Uh, really? Because I'm like already right next door. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, okay, well I want to shake things up a bit. So this summer I went to Morocco, um, and then just now did Peru, and it's just like I just need to go everywhere. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. 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 I feel like if there were other places, I have this, like, uh, I have to admit, I have like a hesitation of going to a place that I'm not familiar with the language and, and there there's a possibility of them not being familiar with English. Like, yeah, to me, that's like something that holds me back and I wish it wasn't. Um, even though like Spanish is the language I've learned the most, I'm not good at Spanish, but it's like, I, I would love the idea of going to South America mm-hmm. and being able and comfortably going to a, a country down there and just like hanging out and feeling like, I don't know, like getting better at the language. And, but there's still like this hesitation that I have where I'm like, I don't know. Like I, if I get stuck or if I get lost, like I'm too scared. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely understand that. So h- how did uh, learning Chinese um, become like, when did you start doing that? Because I have to assume that's one of the hardest languages to learn. And just, I don't it, know if that's a misconception. It it's pretty hard. Pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. I sometimes ask myself, like, why did I choose this one? Yeah. Um, but I, I started at, actually at university mm. because um, my degree is in international relations and I specialized in East Asia. Okay. And, and you have to choose a language. And I had already been to China before. Yeah. And I was like, I love China. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I would like to potentially work with China in the future. So I was like, I'll do Chinese. Um, so started there and realized just how difficult it was. Yeah. And I was never going to be fluent if I was not immersed in the culture. Because oh, sure. I, it does not, some people can just pick it up like that. I know a guy yeah. who he, he studied that it at university. Then he came to China and his, he's fluent and really in, in not a super long period of time. And I am not like that. Um, comes a bit slower for me. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah. It's well, kudos to putting yourself in a in a situation where you are fully immersing yourself, and not only are you taking on like a daily challenge, I imagine, of like learning bits and pieces of this complex language, but you're also teaching children English. Yes. So mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. How's that going? Oh, it's it's great. So when I when I was younger, I, I never quite envisioned myself as a teacher. Yeah. Um. Oh, but I, but I love it. It's it's such a fulfilling job really? to, to educate, and they're my students. They're just they're adorable and they're sweet, and it's kind of wonderful to like just enjoy them. Yeah, and they're learning. Um, I've had the same students for two years straight. Um, so being able to grow with them. Oh know. yeah. What, what's their ages? What's the age group? Um, so right now I've got three different classes. Uh, two classes are like six and seven year olds. Mm. And then my youngest class, my new, my newest class is, um, three. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. They're adorable. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. you're really familiar with them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You get really close. So it's great. So what has been like the biggest uh, like challenge, I guess, with doing that? I mean, you, it's interesting that you didn't have the ambition of being a teacher. Just kind of you, you fell into it almost. Pretty and, much, and yeah. And you seem like you're really growing with it and you're really enjoying it. So like, I definitely am, yeah. What's the challenges for you? Um, initially, it was just um, learning to teach, essentially, because, you know, the lessons are about an hour and yeah. it's just like, making it fun for the kids so it's not 
because it's it, I mean it's, it's boring to to learn a language. So trying to make it interesting with that uh, for them, and you know making games, but also making it very productive. And then you know over time you just you 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 find kind of your rhythm and stuff. And yeah. I, I want to say I, I found it, but obviously there's always learning opportunities for for everyone involved. So how often would you say that you get like kind of stumped with like a language barrier issue? It's usually not an issue um, because they're, they are so young and mm -hmm. the things they're learning aren't really complex grammar at this point. It's more so phrases and words mm -hmm. and fairly easy grammar. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom really drilled in like English grammar. Um, so that, that's always been something I've felt pretty good about. Um, so usually there's not too many issues. Um, with my older groups, they are starting to learn a bit more complex patterns and stuff. Yeah. And sometimes because they don't want us really using Chinese mm. because they don't want the kids to know we speak the language because they don't want the kids asking us a question in Chinese mm. instead of struggling and getting it out there Wow. in English. Yeah. And so sometimes I will not know how to necessarily explain things like in English that yeah. they would understand. Yeah. And it's not as easy as like just writing on the board kind of a thing. So I'll try to explain it, ask if they, if they understand it. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. If they don't understand it, you, you kind of re-say it in a different way. Ask. Sometimes one kid will start getting it, and yeah. then I'll be like, can you explain to the class? They do, and then, you know, ask them to give examples to make sure they all yeah. get it. It's just you, you just have to find what works for everyone pretty much. So right now, how much time have you spent over there and what's your projected like timeline for staying over there? Um, so I've just finished my second year mm -hmm. and I've got a, a full year left on my current contract. Mm. And then um, I think I may extend the contract six months to a year max. So two more years, I think, max teaching mm. uh, English in China. So this is definitely, it's always been like, this is like a temporary thing for you. Yeah. And basically, um, as my Chinese is getting better and stuff, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm gearing up to be ready for the next thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I've been curious also about like your just daily life. Um, I feel like, I don't know if you're spending a lot of time alone, but it seems like you probably would be. Definitely. Yeah. I, um, I live alone. I've got, and I've got an apartment. And so, you know, I finish work, um, by six most nights. Yeah. Um, then I usually go to the grocery store, get stuff for dinner, go home, cook dinner. At that point, it's like maybe 7.30. And then usually a lot, I try, I try to break it up in the week because um, I do also want to keep like just reading books even because um, there's just so many out there and you can always you can always read more. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you can kind of get in a hole of only studying Chinese or only reading or only working on photography. Um, so I try to break it up by like day Yeah, and I just hang out with my cat really. <laughs> and that's, that's about it. That's a good way to live. It is. It's, it's, it's pretty peaceful. It sounds like honest. it. It's like, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I rather enjoy it. Well, it's so. great that you're able to share, you know, your experiences through your photography and that you're not only growing and learning Chinese, but you're kind of, I feel like if you're in that kind of position where you are spending a lot of time alone, mm -hmm. your, you know, your job is making you learn more Chinese yeah. and your hobby is literally building another skill. And I think that's like, I, in my adult life, since uh, more so even after I've graduated college, I've, I've focused so much more on like self-discipline and learning new things and just growing with those yeah. things. And I think, I've realized it's it's a matter. It's just hours. It's it's the hours you're willing to put into anything that allows you to grow in that. So. Yeah, I think I thought I would learn more discipline, like at university, and and I did. Mm -hmm. But I think I've learned the most, even in a way, since leaving it, and like learning how to you know work ethic and you know not yeah. just letting kind of time get away from you, kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was actually after I graduated that I learned that a bit better. Yeah, it is interesting to put that in, in context with, like, how much was I disciplining myself in college? Because for me, I was just doing what was necessary to get by. Same. You know, yeah. so it was... I wasn't trying to excel at all. And yeah. And kind of regret that, but... I wasn't either, but I always took on, like, new opportunities to... My, my goal with college, I think, was just to never seize an opportunity to... 
like I was very experience focused. Yeah. And it, because I was getting a degree in multimedia journalism. And so I was constantly like, I need to spend more hours doing microphone stuff or mm -hmm. learning how to record audio or like playing with a camera. And I, that's what I spent a lot of hours doing, but also going up to events. I think that was my favorite part probably of getting the degree I got is that I spent so many hours covering like live events and seeing people in places talking, giving speeches. Like those are things I wouldn't have done on yeah. my own if I didn't, if I wasn't asked to, or if I wouldn't get, wasn't given the opportunity. So those were the greatest experiences I had where, so now I'm like, you know, I'm faced with this life now where I'm not going to as many things and it's, mm -hmm. it's nicer. It's kind of more relaxed. I'm not as like stressed. Yeah. But I'm uh, I'm given more time to play around and like actually enjoy and learning things and like like I just learned how to do something in Photoshop for the first time the other day. I hate Photoshop, but yeah, I finally learned how to do it. It's got, so. got a love hate relationship with Photoshop. It's sure. tough. It's tough. Um, but yeah, just learning software and just kind of like resume building is all I've been doing in my spare time. So yeah, yeah. But it, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's cool and admirable that you're living a life that you want to live. And it seems like you've gone out of your way to make sure that you could afford this, this life of travel yeah. to be able to share your experiences. And I've been thinking a lot about, there's just like a lot at stake for not taking risks and not taking like advantage of situ like advantages of situations. I don't know if like, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people might feel like some things are not possible or there's like, there's just not, it's not feasible or they're not able to do the things that they truly want to do without really recognizing the risk that kind of hangs over them for the rest of their life of like, well, that means you will never do this then. Yeah. Like if you never like attempt to do this thing that you are passionate about or what you love to do or what you want to see yourself doing, like there's that enormous risk of you never fulfilling that. That's that was something I kind of had to come to grips with actually while planning my trip for Peru, um, and so I wanted to, to see Machu Picchu of course, and but I was like, do I just take the train up or do I hike the Inca Trail for four oh, days? Oh yeah, for and how long? For four days. Oh wow. Um, and yeah, camping, no showers, and you're going up and down mountains and stuff. Yeah. And I'm not super active. Like, I'm fairly active, but not, like, yeah. trekking for four days active. Right. And so part of me was like, oh, you know, I, I should wait and, and get in shape for this. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to. So yeah. I, I just need to do it and be a little in pain. But just, just kind of well, do it. Yeah. And if you really think about it, um, you, at your age, you're physically capable of doing that yeah doesn't mean it's not going to be really hard yeah uh, but just recognizing that if you know you're if you have the will to like make your body do something you can pretty much do it as long as it's not like that's gonna kill you discovered yeah. yeah when you've got to keep going you just you just keep going you just do yeah so. well, that sounds like a really cool experience it was it was definitely and af after it was like you know we we start in it's like summer heat and we go into the mountains and it's raining and it's cold and yeah you know you've got subtropical rainforest and that and you just have all these different climates and stuff and it's raining it's it's freezing you're you're going up a mountain with like 20 pounds on your back kind of a thing oh yeah and then after you know you're you're cold and you're wet and you're tired and you haven't showered in four days and then you make it to Machu Picchu and you see it for the first time you kind of earn it right it, it was Emotionally overwhelming. Like, really? I started welling up. It was just like, it's that beautiful. And it's like, yeah, you've, and you combine that with Aaron, this kind of a thing. And yeah, I can't explain like what you feel when you see it. It's just pure kind of joy yeah. and exhaustion. So yeah. that's beautiful. It was, it was stunning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what's amazing about that experience that you just described is that that's not attainable unless you do that. It's like you are the only one who yeah. is able to go through that journey. You know, it, people can do that. It's not something you can borrow. No, you, you can't yeah. share that experience with someone. You can only, you know, describe it, but you, the way that you felt going through that trek, mm -hmm. the, the struggle, then the triumph of seeing what you've gone to see. I mean, that's yeah. like, it, and it's so cool that like we have, this weird emotional response mm -hmm. in a way it's like an innate thing is like released. Yeah, I don't know. That's definitely. weird. 
do you do you get spiritual at all about this kind of stuff? I don't I don't really know how I feel about spirituality. I'm just curious if like when I think about traveling mm-hmm. and visiting other people and, and cultures, like I I'm really intrigued by I guess like I don't know if there's like a spirituality involved with like, you know, uh, coming to understand another group of people here, coming to understand another group of people there, you know, if that's like helping you find a part of yourself or if that's, you know, if you're exploring what they're all about, I don't know if that's, I don't think I'm asking a question anymore, but I, <laughs> I think I get what you mean though. And yeah. I definitely, to me, that, that is one of the, like, the most rewarding things about traveling is knowing something that you had really no knowledge of before. Mm-hmm. And now you've at least got an understanding, uh, a, a beginner's understanding of like a completely new culture, a new people. Yeah. You know, it's a you know, new religion, you know, that, that sort of thing, the history. Um, one thing I love to do when I travel is I like to bring books mm. with me. That's, and I always do like a history book, could be current events, could be more conclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, like to bring literature written by someone from the place, not just someone. Uh, who's traveled to it? Yeah, and then possibly, yeah. So someone who maybe who's traveled to it, and y- yeah, you 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 learn so much um, just as you go, and that's why I like spending it, a minimum of usually two weeks in a country because yeah. even that's not enough. Um, but you know, when you when you're just there for a weekend or a few days, you you definitely just can't get it the same way you would if you're there for a month or so. I can only so. imagine. Yeah, I've never spent anywhere longer than a week, I guess. Yeah. So I can definitely see that. I don't know what happened, but I think my travel bug, like, it just kind of went away. Yeah. And I think, I don't really know why. I think I, so 2015, I traveled to, I went to visit London on, like, a like a Shakespeare tour type thing. Oh, and it was, cool. like, a really great program, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was from Oklahoma Study Abroad. I hope I'm saying it right. But they're they're, like, a really cool uh group of people who take you out on like a really like it's super chill with the budget it's affordable and that's the cool part about it and you get to learn a ton also just the amount of miles you're walking but so that was london for me and i was like wow you know and that was the first time i went to another place outside of the u.s and was like oh okay this like exists Mm -hmm. like i've seen it in, in movies i've seen it in popular media you understand that it's a it's an island it's real but something in my brain didn't connect its real, like its true existence until mm-hmm. I was there seeing it and seeing the architecture that was like, like the building we stayed at was older than the United States as a country. That, that blew my mind yeah. when I went to England. It was just like, so it, everything's here. It really like, it, and I feel like that you, you kind of have like a different, you must grow up with a different perspective on life and maybe feel a little bit smaller in a way, Definitely. knowing that the building maybe you grew up in or the, that you're staying at over the weekend, it's like older than your entire country. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy. And it, it made me reflect a lot on like how temporary a lot of our architecture is mm. in the U S it's Definitely. like, it's, it's like, this isn't, this isn't going to hold up yeah. for a hundred years. Well, and you see like, at least like the beauty of some of those really old buildings like oh, in, yeah. in Europe and you're just like, we don't really have any, any of that. We don't. And we're not trying. It doesn't seem, I mean, we, Granted, there's there's like we have some beautiful skyscrapers, you know. Yeah, those yeah. are those are going to be around, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's something that kind of bummed me out upon realizing it. That it's like we don't have no. When you look at a building, and you realize that the person who mapped it out, planned all of it, and and you know when they built it, they cared about it. They wanted it to mean something when they yeah. built it. It wasn't just going to be a place to house people for this or that it was it was like this is going to remain here and they're going to remember who built it because mm-hmm. it's like that beautiful yeah and i when i went back to oklahoma where i was living at the time across uh, a field like i looked out my window and there was these terrible apartments mm. and they just kind of had a bad reputation anyway but they were i'm like these are just boxes yeah these are brick boxes with a roof slapped on them and mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to last more than like i don't know like 50 years or however long, I don't know. It's just like, it, it, it's not built to last. It's not built to look nice. It's not built to make anything or anyone proud. It's kind of just built for profit, really. It is. It's and very profit-driven, and yeah. that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there, definitely. 
So what's the uh, what what's the buildings like in China? Where's what's it all about? Um, kind well, it, with China you've because you have like some really really new buildings like my apartment. You know, they kind of they know how to build a building fast and kind of to optimize. You know, space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because China is such such an old country, you've also got some absolutely beautiful old structures mm. all over the place, mm-hmm. um, like the Forbidden City in Beijing. Mm. That's, I think, one of I, I really like photographing um, buildings, yeah. churches, palaces, yeah, and th- structures that are usually very large. And then I really like to focus on the really tiny details of it because mm. especially in China, in England, you've got those really beautiful buildings mm-hmm. that are there so much care has been put into creating that. And then, you know, you kind of get overwhelmed with the largeness, the sort of encompassing beauty that you can kind of miss the finer details. Yeah. And so what I really like to do is um, – usually try to go to a place a couple times. Like I, I've been to the Forbidden City in Beijing probably about seven times. And the first time, you know, you take whatever pictures you like, just take it in the next time. And just every time you come back, you just try to look for something you didn't find the time before. Yeah. Um, and it could be, you know, tiny. It could be basically uh, the, the shot you wouldn't know you're taking a photo of the Forbidden City Yeah. Um, kind of a thing. But when you put them all together and stuff, like... Yeah, it kind of creates this. Uh, yeah. I don't know portfolio on the Forbidden City or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And so, I've also seen you take a lot of. Um, I've seen some like landscape shots that you take, yeah. and it seems yeah. like you've you've kind of ventured out into the more rural areas. Uh, I don't know if that's if you have or not, but from what I remember seeing, um, yeah. Well, the one specifically that I was really impressed with was uh, it was like a touristy looking area, mm-hmm. or or not like. It just seemed like a place, a destination where people would go to to look at like a field of like, I think it was like flowers or something. It was just like a beautiful photo of like, I want to say it was like pink flowers or something. Okay, I don't remember it. I can't remember, I can't remember either. It was one of the times you posted oh, on Facebook. You're like, check red? out my photography blog. That might have been it. Was it, it was it a bright color and it was like a big wide, it was like a big field or something. Okay. And like it was a beautiful landscape photo. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I remember seeing. And I was like, oh, wow. Because that's not what I think of. When I think of China, yeah. So well, because I've I tr- even before I moved there, I traveled there a couple times, and so um, just trying to even go to new new cities because I, I've probably been to about twenty different cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've it's kind of like the U.S. because it's such a massive country. Yeah, you've kind of just barely scratched the surface even with that. Yeah. So I've hit the you know Beijing, Shanghai, Nanjing, uh-huh. but there are so many beautiful places that are a lot smaller, or they're not actually smaller, but they're less known to yeah. the outside world, kind of a thing. Yeah. So yeah, going to to like a new city in China, um, yeah, it's so much fun to. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. So as far as like photography goes, um, I I mean, do you have like any endeavors that you're kind of like, like, do you have future plans for your photography? Like what you would like to see happen with your photography? Yeah. Um, so I didn't really even get into photography until I started traveling. Mm -hmm. And when I started, I didn't have a really like a proper camera. It was just on my iPhone. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like, like, especially over the last year is when I've, I, I got a new camera, mm-hmm. um, got some really cool lenses and stuff. And that, that's just kind of given me the, the boost I needed. I feel like what kind of camera, uh, Ca- Nikon, sorry. Nikon. Yeah. Well, you almost said Canon. Yeah, yeah I know. It's completely opposite. That was one. That's, that's the first one I had was Canon and I switched to Nikon. My um, first camera was a Canon. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're great cameras. Yeah. Uh, but I invested a bit more on the Nikon one. So it was just a quality camera. And oh, I love it. It's, oh, it's I love the camera. Yeah. And where I want to go with it, um, I've actually just set up an online portfolio. There's nothing on it. I've just got the website up. Yeah. And then I'm gonna start actually getting my stuff out there. Yeah. Because um, I've got all these photos, like thousands and thousands of photos, and yeah, I've I try to keep them fairly themed and stuff, and like sets of photos mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so I feel like there's potential for it. I just need to actually sit down and, and, and do it. Um, and I feel like you are pretty mindful. Like that's something that catches my eye with your photography is that I, I follow a lot of photographers and you know, I have friends that are photographers and they, what I like about photographers is 
if you're capable of developing like your own aesthetic or your own style yeah. with what you enjoy taking photos of. And so you're, you know, on my Instagram feed, I have people like the only other person I follow is like some professional photographer who takes like his photos are so good. I get mad. Oh, that's like I, that's he that's takes cool. photos of like architecture. It's very similar to yours, you know, and, but it's, it's, it's cause he travels all over the world. And he just takes like these weird, close-up photos like bits and pieces of a building you know okay and it, yeah. it kind of highlights like the specific areas of of a building that you would maybe overlook kind of like what you're talking about and the angles and lighting that he captures with some of it is just like so like did you just like hang out at this like, one how, spot how for like a week yeah before you got this shot because it's so beautiful and it makes me i'm, I'm the same way about video i'm much more video oriented so when i see mm -hmm incredible cinematography i'll either like fall in love with it or i'll hate it because yeah. it's so good mm -hmm. and Definitely feel but that. what i'm trying to say is i really appreciate your, your you seem very mindful of what style you're putting out there well, thank you yeah yeah like it's it's not like you're just taking photos and yeah. throwing it up it seems like you're really thinking about you know like you said like a theme and then and yeah yeah my, my instagram is like all landscape nearly yeah um but the things i'm the projects i'm working on are much different it's much more like say just finer detailed kind of and more what i found is i really like like macro and macro photography and mm -hmm. that really up close shot is what i've really found that i really like now that i've gotten some lenses that have shown me kind of what you can do with it oh like, yeah i i to me like you you really can't be a fantastic landscape photo but there's there's a certain pleasure in taking a photo that most people would just not think to take. Yeah. It's, there's a certain bit of pride in oh, that. Totally. In taking a, you know, a, a unique photo. Um, it's like you, you recognize something that was worth taking a photo that other people would overlook. Yeah. yeah definitely. Well, what, cause when I first started getting into photography, I, I, I started getting frustrated cause I was like, you know, I feel like I've got some potential here, but I feel like I'm just doing what everyone else is doing with photography. Mm. And I was flipping through a photography magazine and there was a quote and it was saying how in this day and age with the technology that everyone has access to, even just on phone cameras are so great now, mm -hmm. literally anyone can take a fantastic photo. Yeah. And the problem now is finding the photo people don't think to take. And that kind of became my inspiration. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of... Um I, as I understand, I think competitiveness is what chisels out greatness. Like mm -hmm. if like I've only grown when I was comparing myself to someone else's work, you know, like what I, yeah. what I would, I would like be really proud of something that I created video wise. And then later that night or whatever, I would see someone else's video yeah, and I would like just, and be like, Oh, is this all you can do? Like for me, like, this is it. Like, yeah. Oh, cause if you look at that and you look at that, this, this guy, it's humbling. a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like on Instagram, I follow friends and then the rest is all like photographers and like, you know, I'll, I'll take a photo of like, Oh, I'm, I'm cool stuff. And then <laughs> I'll, I'll see this photo, like, uh, like all these amazing photos. And I'm just like, You've got a lot to learn here, Alex. Yeah. So what? What's even cooler though, in that same in that same uh, uh, light, is like looking at someone else's work who you do recognize. Like, oh, they could have done this better. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like to do that often. I'm not like, you know, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying, like, I like seeing people grow mm -hmm. because it helps me understand where I'm at. It's a reference point. It's like I remember when I was right here, yeah. where this person's at. And I know now what can make what could have made that better. Definitely, yeah. that, that's that's a cool feeling for sure. It is, yeah. When you see your growths, yeah. Yeah, like I just so this camera we're actually using is my my latest um, uh, splurge, and it's a cinema camera, and it's very uh -huh. it's very nice at what it does. And now that I have it, I feel like I feel weird. Yeah, I was like making it on my Canon DSLR, doing video with that. It's not mm -hmm. that's not you know, you're not shooting incredible stuff with that. It's just, so now that I have, for the longest time, I kept thinking like, okay, I'm worth buying a new camera. I'm worth buying better equipment because now I'm recognizing that my skills are being limited by my physical equipment, not by like what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. And so now that I have this thing, I don't know what, to, I, it's like I, I've opened up 
my capabilities and I'm not, I'm not there yet. Like I'm still like, this thing is so much more capable than my last camera that I'm intimidated and I don't know what to do now. That's how <laughs> I feel sometimes with my camera because unfortunately like I don't know how to fully like all the technical, like, you know, ex exposure and yeah. aperture. It's a lot to learn. It is. And I, to be, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. And so this summer I was like, you need to take some photography classes if you want to be a photographer yeah. because at this point, yeah, you got some natural talent, but I mean, you need to know how to properly work this camera. And it is intimidating when you're like, oh, no, that's actually fully does sometimes. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. So like sometimes I'll just slap that on auto settings and I'm like, this looks good. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. So I feel like you, did you see yourself doing what you were doing, what you're doing right now? And, and it seems like what you are doing is what some people might consider their dream job. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. dream gig. Do you do you think that's true? Yes and no. Like, so I, I definitely didn't see myself doing this um, until I started it and just kind of fell in love with it. Um, and it, I would say, like, it is my current kind of dream situation. Yeah. Being able to travel so much, having, you know, working a job that allows me to, like, make the money to travel this much. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, but I think it also, it can be difficult because um, the thing about social media is that people always only see the really beautiful pictures. Yeah. They, you know, you see the picture of Machu Picchu, you don't see me crying in the rain <laughs> going to Machu Picchu yeah. kind of a thing. And some, some of the, like the loneliness that comes, you know, living alone all the time, which I do like, but there are moments and then, you know, being abroad and completely away from friends and family and boyfriend and all that thing, all that stuff. And, you know, you're in a foreign country at Christmas time and Thanksgiving and you just can't be with the ones you love. There's, there's a price basically, I guess is what I'm trying to say to have a dream job. Wow. Yeah. Um, and like I say, it's hundred percent worth it. Um, and it's my choice to do that. And I've got friends and family that are supportive hmm. of it, which I'm so thankful for. So, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, that, that really sets it in, like, realistic terms that, you know, your dream job is out there, and let's just go ahead and say it is attainable, but mm. sacrifice is more than likely involved. Well, it's like, when I, when I was in Bolivia, um, you can bike down the world's most dangerous road. Uh-huh. Oh, and that so sounds like fun, yeah. It, it was. Well, parts of it. Um, and so I... I texted my mom and I was like, so I think I'm going to do this. And she was like, okay. Like she was tentatively supportive of it. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, the last time you went mountain biking, you wiped out and like injured yourself. Oh wow. And I was like, yeah, but to me that just kind of confirms that because I've definitely been avoiding it. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, didn't want to fall off the bike again. Um, and so I was like, I just need to do it. Yeah. One, it's, 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 it's kind of like just a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. And like just being, like it was a stunning, like it was five hours long. You start um, on these snow Are you like mountains. breaking the entire time? Like you're like. Yeah, you, it's all downhill. Yeah. So, and you've got to be really careful because these are like fantastic bikes. They have to be, right? Yeah. Fantastic. So if you just even like, I mean, they are so responsive. Um, and basically you start at like these snow-capped mountains and you bike all the way down, um, and you end up at nearly like a rainforest kind of. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you're in, you're going down mountains, and it's, you know, ab it was absolutely beautiful. I didn't expect it. it to me, it was uh, I want to do this because, you know, it, bragging rights a little bit. Just say I did it, and then also, you know, kind of here, here's a new fear to conquer, kind of a thing, and, and a bucket list kind of yeah. adventure. Um, and then, yeah, and wipe, wiped out once on, on the trail. And I was like, because there's a van that drives behind us. And they're like, do you want to get in the van? Because I was like all cut up and bruised and stuff. I was like, no, nah. I was like really wanted to. And I was like, yeah, because there's still like two full hours left uh -huh. of this bike ride. And it was just going to get kind of a bit harder even. So I was like, oh. Yeah, that's crazy. And, but I was like, just get, just get back on the bike and just, just do it. This is, you got two hours left and just, just finish it. And yeah. 
eventually made it. Um, That's incredible. Well, now you got the story. Exactly. Yeah. Were you always like this? Um, because it took me. I'm still not. I'm still not on your level of saying yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think a lot of people strive to be a yes person as mm -hmm. far as like making choice, like doing uncomfortable things. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm working on that every day. And I think I'm like, as I grow older, I'm getting better. But like, were you, were you always just kind of like, I have to do this now. When, when I was a kid, I was like always in the hospital cause I was like breaking bones and stuff. Oh wow. And the doctor was like, you're going to be here a lot to my parents basically. And then somewhere over time, I kind of lost that. I don't know. You were like, like rambunctious and then you just kind of chilled out. I don't know. It was, it was more than chilling out. It was more, it was, I don't know. I became afraid for some reason. I started not saying yes anymore to these crazy, stupid things and stuff. Yeah. Um, up until university and then, I finished it and I had this kind of not great experience. And then after that, I was like, you know what? You only have once and you need to like take advantage. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of came up with kind of three rules. And first one is like, do good. Like make sure whatever you're doing is not harming anyone. Mm -hmm. And that you, at least hopefully by the time you die, you know, you're giving something back. You know, you've, you, the world is better off for having you in it, not, you yeah. know, not less off. And then the second thing was take every experience you can. Uh -huh. And then the third was be interesting. And oh, that's, that's a good one. That's my goal is to be an interesting human. So it, it kind of, you know, when I was kind of weighing the, like the, the bike race or going to the Amazon jungle and stuff, I was like, do I want it? Like, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And I was like, it's interesting though. So, and that, and it kind of gives me the, the boost I need to go do something stupid or crazy or cool. And I mean, it's obviously gotta be like, uh, it's like a, it's gotta be an important part of your life now to live by these rules. Right. Yeah. Like, it is, yeah. I think that's what I was kind of talking about earlier is like realizing that now is just a moment that will pass. Like it's never, you're, you can't postpone things because mm -hmm. if you have that postponing mentality, then you're never going to do the things that you truly yeah. want to do or things that will like possibly fulfill you as a human. Mm -hmm. It's, it really is like do or die. You just have to like jump into so many things. I'm, I'm not good at speaking about this cause I, I do so <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm a very calm person. I'm not like risking my life and <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure I'll refuse to go skydiving. Um, I have no desire to ever go skydiving. I have it's zero. My, it's my one thing I think it's I just never not want worth to it. do. It's not worth it to me. It's like, I, you know, I imagine it's a great experience, but like, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I don't need to fall out of a plane. I, I yeah. hate, I hate even looking over like a side of a building and I'm like, I don't want to, do, to there's nothing in it. Yeah, it, that's kind of how yeah. I see it to me. But there's things like that. I also don't want to go in a submarine for some reason. I like the, the my worst death is at the bottom of the sea. I don't want to do that. I'm deathly afraid of the ocean. Okay, and so I've, and I've had to really. You're, you're making me feel bad <laughs> because you're doing some crazy things I wouldn't want to do, but they're realistic at the same time. Yeah. But I think it's, um, you know, something hit me this last year that kind of. Like, you always kind of know that you only live once, you know, and you have, like, it is important for you to recognize your mortality. Mm -hmm. But something is, you know, for me last year, it really set in. It really became a reality to being like, you know, every day you're not pushing yourself in an uncomfortable way, in a productive, uncomfortable way. Yeah. That's another day that you're, you know, you're possibly weaker or you're like, your mind is weak or your body's weaker. You're not taking advantage of, your youth to mm -hmm. be your best self. So like I'm so driven now to try to do something, to learn something every day, to push my boundaries and to, to experience new things. And I think it's incredible because you're, you're, you seem really comfortable with doing that. It seems like you're sort of like focus I in, like, in I life. I feel like I'm getting more comfortable. Definitely. Um, and I don't, like I said, I don't quite know where it started. I mm -hmm. think just, it, it, I think it was a building thing as I traveled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it was just like, push yourself a little bit more. It wasn't just like a single it. moment where you had like a realization. I don't think so. It's just, it, uh, it, 
at first it was kind of driven by, I want to go places and take some amazing photos of it, essentially, and, yeah. and having that. Uh, and and then it became more than just photos. It was also, you know, do do this for for you, yeah, you know, and and that kind of thing. And and yeah, it's just kind of grown, I guess. That's great. Yeah, yeah. What's your idea of success? When I was in university, I thought success was um, having a really esteemed title and a, mm. a comfortable paycheck. Yeah. And, you know, I mean that that sort of thing, and now, um, to if I'm hundred percent honest, I don't really know, and I feel like it's there's a million ways to measure it. Sure. Um. So. I t- I completely agree. Yeah. There's not a single way. It's it's a, you know, everyone has. We're all living through our own individual lenses that we're yeah. seeing life play out in, and so with that being said, success is like a very subjective. Yeah. Like you can't, you can, there's no like real success. Like everyone has their own, their own version of it, but exactly. you, you've seen like if, if your life is successful through traveling and learning and, and pushing yourself and doing uncomfortable things, if that was your version of success, I would say you're currently living a very successful life. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 I got to reevaluate my life <laughs> now. I'm like thinking about all the cool stuff you've been doing. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, before I moved to China, I'd only been to about four foreign countries, mm-hmm. and then and then now, well, in the last two years, I've had oh, how many? Like fifteen, mm-hmm. just in the last two years, just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've just realized how much I love it. It's fantastic, you know. What would you say to people who are, you know, uh, maybe struggling with, you know? putting themselves out there to, to do these things that they, they know they want to do, but are finding reasons to not do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what, where, where is that? What would you say to someone who is possibly doubting that they can do what you're doing? Um, first thing cliche is kind of just do it. Sometimes you need to stop Nike finding. Yeah. yeah. Stop finding, you know, things you need to do first and, you know, I need to save this money or I need to, you know, lose this, you get more fit to do this. And sometimes you just need to, because I, 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 for me, at least I found I was kind of hiding behind the the things I need to do kind of of a thing. They're all just excuses. Yeah, they can be. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, do what you can. I mean, maybe you, you can afford to go to all these crazy countries, but to me, America is one of like the most beautiful countries I've been to. Like, you can honestly find beauty anywhere, wherever you are. Uh, maybe it's just a couple down hours down the road. Maybe it's just a road trip away. Yeah. Um, like I hadn't traveled much of America, sadly, until yeah. I left America, and then I did a road trip with my friend, and it was just like I didn't realize how pretty it was here. And then now, um, like the all the national parks are kind of an eventual bucket list. Yeah, I, I would like to someday check, because um, we went to Utah this summer, and just some, and we we snaked up through like Arizona and New Mexico on the way, and yeah, stopped yeah. here and there, and honestly, one of the most naturally beautiful trips I think I've ever been on. And that's here. Yeah. you know, you don't have to go halfway across the world. Uh, for an adventure, for an adventure, you know, it can be, you know, go to a new city or that's kind of what I've been recognizing. And I think it's after I, so I didn't mention earlier at that same year, 2015, I went to London. And after that, I mean like maybe three months later, I went to Ireland because I was like, Oh, you know, yeah, let's check that place out. It seems beautiful. It was, I loved it. I hung out in Dublin, very aimless. It was a very aimless adventure. And like, I, I had no real, I went with my girlfriend and I kind of regret not like, I don't know, scoping out certain things. Cause we did like some like touristy stuff, you know, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day we were just like, let's go have a Guinness. Like let's drink a Guinness yeah. at the Guinness factory in Dublin. Like that's pretty, that's about as cool as this place gets, I think, but exactly. except for like natural beauty and the cliffs of more and stuff like that. It's great. It's nice having um, a partner who can sometimes balance you out because he, sometimes he's like, just take it easy. And yeah. it's like, what's, what's that <laughs> kind of a thing? And so it's nice being with him because he, he can actually be like, we're going to chill. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Yeah. We're gonna go do we're gonna go do something. He's like, no, we're gonna chill. Yeah. It's like, and you need that. You really do. As much as you need to try new things, you also do need to like give your body a break. Cause like after Peru and Bolivia, and I came back here, I slept for seventeen hours straight and oh, wow. kind of immediately got kind of sick. Oh. Um, and it was just my body was just like, yeah, you, you put us through hell. Like, so it's like you need to slow down sometimes for sure. That's incredible. And it's nice. We're going to um, do a road trip uh, to Scotland from England to Scotland this summer. That's cool. Um, and I'm looking forward to taking it easy, but also having a new adventure. For um, sure. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's going to be great. And you said yeah. he's, he's English. Yes. So you're mm-hmm. visiting you're visiting the UK about as often as you are in the US? Yes. Um, originally, it was just, you know, whenever I'm not traveling, I'll, I'll go visit my parents because mm-hmm. I'm very close with them. Um, and then we started dating and it was like, well, yeah, he is, he's going to try and come out to China. And then it's, it's really nice dating someone who's not American, like... <laughs> I, you know, it's just, I don't know, um, because well, you don't think uh, yeah, England is super foreign, but... I think a difference in perspective is... Definitely. Or a difference in upbringing, to cultural background difference, is, it's, it keeps it very interesting, I would say. It's, it's, it's in addition, it's like, kind of like traveling is, is an education, it's, as weird as it sounds, you know, dating someone from a foreign country, it's like, it's educating, and it's, it's really cool, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, and I love love England, so I do not mind at all like visiting whenever I can. Yeah, because it's it's beautiful, it's nice, it's yeah. I had a very positive experience in London, so that yeah. was a great time. Yeah, something I was completely envious of uh, when coming back is like public transportation, oh, yes. how efficient it is. And granted, it's a very London is a it's a mega city. It's mm-hmm. just like of course, of course, if it didn't have the transportation, the public transportation that it had at its efficiency, then it just wouldn't work as well. Mm-hmm. You know, here in Norman, Oklahoma, we do not need an underground rail system yeah. to get to point A to point B. That'd be pretty cool. But it's not, like, incredibly necessary. So, but when I come came back, I was like, I don't want to drive anymore. Yeah. I like I like taking the tube. It was kind of cool. I definitely, that's, that's one thing I appreciate about places like London, New York, Beijing. Uh-huh. It's just like uh, effective trans transportation, and it's just like yeah. we just don't really have that uh-uh. unless you're in a mega city yeah. in the U.S. And otherwise, it's just kind of like, well, you need a car to do anything, and yeah. it's a bit unfortunate. You know, someplace I traveling um, last year, I went to Northwest California, or oh, what did I say, Northwest? I went to well, yeah, it was completely Northwest of California. It was like right there on the border of Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it was my first time going to see the Redwoods. And it's Ooh. it's super spacious and beautiful. There's elk roaming across the, the highway. It's and beautiful. I mean, it's, I've never felt like, I've never been to a place um, and felt like this isn't real. Like people don't live here. Yeah. There's no way. We were driving on the highway over, you know, on the coast and looking at these giant jagged rocks sticking out of the, the shore there mm-hmm. and, and the mist of the waves crashing on those rocks, like creating this like cinematic thing yeah. where it didn't look real. Mm-hmm. And there you would see a house on a cliff overlooking all of it. And it was, there was sunset granted and they had cows in a pasture and it was like, this isn't real. Yeah. You can't. There's no way. I don't know how you did. Lie. How did you do this? How yeah. did you afford living here? And like, what do you do here? Mm-hmm. And it, it just like blew my mind. But spending time there is, I found my, I loved Ireland. I loved the like climate there. It was really nice. But California, Northern California is like, that's the one place I've been to that I cannot wait to go back. Yeah. And I've never, that was the first time I took a vacation to not go to a major city also. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a city person, it turns out. Like, I, I like chilling out. I like hiking yeah. and just breathing. And that was, like, the most, uh, to me, the most beneficial vacation I actually took. Like, I actually felt like I was able to rest and mm-hmm. just, like, really soak in what was happening instead of just, like, bar hopping. Because... I don't know what else to do in a city. Like, that's yeah. all I know what to do when I go visit someplace. Yeah, it's like shopping, dining, 
spending a lot of money. Yeah. I actually saved up more money than I ended up needing going on the vacation. What was cool about it to me is that we flew out there. Mm-hmm. I went with my girlfriend. We flew out to San Francisco, never been to San Francisco, and we took a rental from there and drove it all the way from San Francisco to oh, okay. uh, the, the place that we ended up staying at. And the place we stayed at had like a population of like 6,000 people. Okay. And they yeah. had like, it was just so chill. It was right there next to, to the ocean. And they had like this little breakfast nook, like all, super hipstrified. Everything was just mm-hmm. like really relaxed. It was that's, beautiful. That's how I felt. Me and my friend Katie, we went to Hawaii. Um, we, we got the chance to go to Hawaii. Yeah. We were there for a full week, so it wasn't super rushed. And and she had been there before, so I felt like I could kind of take a step back. It wasn't so much, you know, find this place, do this learn this language, you know, kind of stress, the stresses of traveling. Yeah. Um, it was just a chill vacation and, you know, walk on the beach and, you know, you lounge by a pool and it was just like, this is kind of amazing. Yeah. I I see what people go to beaches now. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of became like more of a beach person than a mountain person. But the cool thing about California is you have both of those. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I also feel like there's this weird story of it being like the last western frontier like it was the last you imagine people coming from the east side Mm -hmm. traveling all across the u.s discovering new lands new territories mapping it out and if the further west they went the more like heaven it became is the way like is that's the only way i could describe what i saw it was just like it's like the closest thing i could imagine to a heaven like place yeah and i can and there's just something mystical about that to me it's like the furthest west it's the last, you know, one of the last territories in the world to really be like explored in that way, I mm-hmm. guess. And to be, I don't know. It's just, it's just something weird about it. It's There's something like, a bit magical about yeah. West, the Western part of America, in honesty. Yeah. 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 Even the Southwestern, the ugly parts that are, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, but it's like, it's, it's, it's part, like an ugly pretty. You know? part, parts of it are pretty as well. It's like. You know, you'll drive through Utah and it's like, whoa, everywhere I look is amazing and beautiful and there's mountains and yeah. same with California. And then, yeah, you'll you'll drive through like New Mexico and you'll go to some really pretty places in New Mexico. And then the rest of the time you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. I okay. yeah. <laughs> and I keep driving for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's definitely how some people got to feel when they come to Oklahoma. And I started, uh, yeah. I realized like, I don't live here for the sites. I live here because I'm deeply rooted and it's like family and Texas friends. As well. are, not, so are you originally from Dallas? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I grew, lived in Dallas for 18 years before I came to OU. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people from Dallas that come up here for school. A like, lot of Texas students. I didn't realize um, until I got to OU just how many people that were not locals. And that, yeah. that made me, like, uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> like, you guys don't know about, like, the, this place right down the road? Because it's like, if you didn't grow up here, if you don't know about the best places to eat and do this and that, it's kind of like a weird disconnect. And Yeah. It, so you grew up in Norman? I grew up just 15 miles away from here. Uh, okay. So, like, I am literally, I'm here. I'm from yeah. this area. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm moving in a week back to my hometown, so I did not get very far. Okay. Yeah. But my priority in life is to take uh, more opportunities to, like, visit the U.S. Um, it's definitely worthwhile. Mostly because I lost my passport, but also oh, no. it's because I just haven't taken advantage of, like, I haven't been to Utah. I think this year we're going to, uh, we're planning a trip to go to Montana. Oh, we were actually looking into that for the summer. Yeah. So my girlfriend kind of thought this out, but there's, a, I guess, a thing where you can go to Montana, fly into a certain area, you take a train all the way from Montana, mm. stops in Seattle. From Seattle, we'd fly back. Oh, that sounds amazing. To me, I've never taken a train ride, so I don't know. Well, except for, you know, London, the tube stuff, but like not, not like a long-distance train ride. And yeah. There's something that seems like... You know, if it's if if it's as spacious and like calm as it was in Northern California, then I will probably really like it. So yeah, it sounds. That's probably what we'll do next. Super nice. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for an hour, which is usually about the time I wrap this up. Um, is there anything uh, that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? I think we covered just about everything. Do you have a life philosophy? I mean, you kind of described it in the three things that you strive for. Yeah, I, I want to say that 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 is probably my life philosophy at this point. Any any yeah. uh, uh, any words of wisdom? Did someone ever say something that changed your life? Mm. 
life-changing moments? My mom, she always, she she's actually a huge fan of Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And so she's always told me, Alexandra, make sure you keep your muchness. Ah. And that's kind of been like a little, always been kind of in the back of my mind. Yeah. And, and probably just a really, honestly, a good piece of it. Don't let the world kind of force you into this or that mold. Just, just do you and make sure you stay that way or grow that way. That's much. beautiful. Yeah, it was a really nice thought. I wish I had something like that. My mom always told me, finish your plate. And That's, I always do. She said that too. Yeah. But I think I should get that tattooed on <laughs> With a plate. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Um, okay, well, hey, thank you so much for stopping by. This thank has been me. an incredible conversation. Yeah. It's been great seeing you again. It's been a long time. It has, yeah. I hope you have safe travels, and I can't wait to see more of your photography. Thank you. Going well, to South Africa uh, this summer. South for, Africa. For a month at a... Uh, wildlife reserve to take photography classes and take photos of, you know, the bi the big five. The big five for a month. That sounds incredible. Cannot wait. Yeah, that's so th that's amazing. That's, that's the next plan. That in Scotland. Well, yeah. I highly, I really do highly recommend your your photography is quality work. Thank it's, you so much. I mean, it's like professional quality. Thank I you. recommend people check it out if they enjoy uh, photography blogs and photography Instagrams. You can follow Alexandra at Alex underscore is underscore mm -hmm. petrified. Check it out. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you later then. Will do. High five, I guess. All right.